Guys, it's a fact of life. Everyone needs insurance. And when it comes to looking for an insurance agent, there's none better than Acadian his own Scott Viator. Viator can serve you with home, auto, and life insurance. I can personally say that I sleep better at night knowing he's got me and my family taken care of. Being prepared for the unexpected isn't hard when you've got reliable insurance from a caring agent. Call Viator at Lafayette Paris Farm Bureau today for a free quote at 337-234-9994. Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank, sponsored by Suit Up. It's hour number two. It's a Tuesday. It's Jay Walker, voice of the Raging Cajuns, my friend, young at heart, tired from a lot of travel, and he'll be right back traveling really soon as Cajun baseball is in Mississippi State tomorrow and then Southern Miss for three games next weekend. Yeah, but I also knew you, you hung out in Pensacola. like you, were, you had a good time. You know, I really had a good time on Thursday. I went in on Thursday. And um, seven of the 12 Sunbelt broadcasters, all of those that were in town that night, got together and had a little evening together. Okay. And, um, and, and had a great time. They got a place in Pensacola called Seville Quarter, and it's, and it's in the downtown area. And you go in, and it's it's a hallway, and you've got a bar to the left, bar to the right, bar to the left. Bar. I think they got like seven bars all together in that one building. And uh, so we spent uh, a little I think time. I've in been the, to that before on a bachelor party years ago. Pool table uh, building, the uh, karaoke bar, piano bar, and there? the piano yeah. bar. Yes. Uh, I've been to that yeah. place. Oh no, it's great. And uh, and we had it. We had a great time. You know what? One of the things about doing what what I do is the relationships that you build and the broadcasters in our league are all pretty close. And so the, you know, the fact that seven of us were able to get together all at the same time was pretty cool. And what, what was it like with COVID and stuff? Everything was still popping or. Yeah. Yeah. Florida. They had, you know, by the time I left and I don't know, I guess it was about midnight when, when I said, okay, I'm done. Um, they had a line you know, waiting to get in that place. Now, now I know you've been vaccinated. Yes. Do you have any, you feel, felt good? Yeah. When you got the second shot, did you feel anything or not really? No, I, my arm was sore the next day uh, and it was sore after the first shot, mm. but that was it. That was the only side effect that I had. Well, that's good. No, it was good because you made it <laughs> because look, I got the shot. And as soon as I got the shot and they said, okay, you can go. I got in the car and drove to Pensacola. So yeah, I'm glad that um, I'm I'm glad I didn't have to you know stop in you know Mandeville and wait two days and all of that stuff. I was very fortunate. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Scott Prather, Jay Walker. We will talk a little, a um, little bit of Cajun sports in a moment. But before we move forward, I I, I wanted to have you on because I'll be honest. You know when the when the the Hush Blackwell report or some of the early details of the report came out, I mean I I wasn't going to sit here and act like, oh yeah I told you so in terms of the Les Miles stuff. Okay? Right, right. I mean I always found him quirky and 
kooky and weird and funny and found myself not thinking he was like the best coach in college football, but having to defend him a lot because, okay, yeah, he's not perfect. He has clock management issues, but they win a lot, and he never throws his players or coaches under the bus. So I found myself not even that I wanted to, almost having to defend him a lot. And, you know, I got an email the other day, like, how do you feel? (laughs) What do you mean, how do I feel now? Like, how he was as a coach years ago, not knowing information of what he allegedly did off the field has nothing to do with what came out this week. How do I feel now? I feel like the guy's a creep. And I think his image is forever tarnished without question. Um, he is denied doing some of the things in the report. Um, at the very least, the university said, hey, poor judgment for sure. And now Kansas and he have parted ways. We all know if that report had never come out, they wouldn't have parted ways. Um, so he lost his job. Let's call it what it is. But I, when, when I was reading that stuff, I was like, man, I, I just, bro, I mean, just felt like a creep, man. And, and I was um, I was disappointed. The whole situation over there is, is bad. But in, in particular about Les Miles, when I got that email, I was like, some people just don't get it. No, some people don't. And, and I think that the fact that we're spending this much time on it, that maybe in a way we don't get it. Because, you know, while this is a story that, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a story. You know, the guy's guilty of allegedly, you know, kissing a student intern and saying, hey, look, we're going to have student interns. Get me some blondes with big boobs. Okay. When you look at all the Title IX stuff going on at LSU right now, this is nothing in comparison. In comparison. I wouldn't say it's nothing. No, it's it's. It's 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 not and the so, other things in there. And so my so so my my take on it is this: if we're going to vilify Les Miles, and we should, all right, because I, I think could is a good adjective. If those of you that don't like Les Miles are beating your chest, going cockadoodle do right now, then you should be demanding, demanding the resignations of a lot of people over at LSU, including at Ogeron. Two suspensions, 30-day without pay, 21-day without pay for Virgil Osberry and um, Marion Sager. Yeah, they should both be fired. They should both be fired. That's the only thing that's that's come out of it. That's it. And now there's an investigation that's going to continue, and we're going to find out more. But if we find out that Ed Ogeron knew about this and kept his mouth shut, then don't ever say anything to me about the character of Les Miles, okay? Don't. Just don't. If Ed Ogeron knew about the crap that was going on over there and did nothing, he's got to go. Now, some of these things, a lot of these things are when he was first an assistant, right? Some of the later parts of the If the he detail. knew and said nothing, I don't care what his position was. No, no, I, I'm not, I'm not, I know you don't care. My point is, we don't. Right. We don't. That, that's my point. We don't, we don't know that yet. We don't. But if we find out that he knew and said nothing, well, he's sure. got to go. Sure. But he won't. That's just it, Scott. He won't. You know, LSU has done their thing. Oh, see, we punished Verge Osbury and we punished this other lady. See, we're on top of this stuff. No. No, 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 no. 
If it involves that football team and players on that football team, there are a lot more heads that got a roll than that. And the fact that those two people still have jobs says that LSU is not serious about this. Did you read the, the report? I did not read the entire report. I have read four or five articles that have the highlights of the report in it. Yeah. It, um, it's a, it's a long, it's a long piece. It's about 150 pages. Um, and I, I don't know it. I don't know how much more is going to come out at this point is what I'm saying. Right. Um, I, I, I'm not, I'm not expecting a lot more. I could be wrong, but after reading what I read now, look, obviously major issues and all of that. I just, at this point, I don't know that you're going to learn new information. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you will either. I, I, I'm going to say this, though. We all were appalled at what happened at Baylor. Mm-hmm. I don't see a hell of a lot of difference here. I don't see a hell of a lot of difference. Now, it may not be as widespread. It may not have happened as many times. But why aren't we as appalled as we were under the Art Bryles regime over at Baylor. Why aren't we just as disgusted? I think there should be more. I think there should be more people upset. I think, but I'm not going to say it's because we're in South Louisiana. I I think. Okay, I will. It's because we're in South Louisiana. No, no, no. If you look across the country, and you look at writers and you look at those that cover college football, do you see them responding the same way that they responded to Baylor, those that have no ties to here? Um, no, because I don't think it was as widespread, that, and so they, they may not I'm be saying. as appalled. That's what I'm saying. Now, I'm not saying that's right, but I'm saying it's the the widespread nature of it is why it's not. I'm not even saying that's how it should be, but I'm not going to just say it's something down here because if you look across the board, across the country, I don't see a lot of the pundits going at LSU the way they went at Baylor. And I think a lot of that is has to do with, once again, the number of allegations that we're talking about here. Um, but, you know, but part of it is because we're in South Louisiana. You know, just like there are people in Waco and in the state of Texas that still to this day defend Baylor and defend Art Bryles. Look, LSU won a national championship a little over a year ago. You're not going to find LSU fans really appalled by this because they just want a national championship. Wait, 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 wait you want to, you want to, uh, you're going to go after our coach? Are you kidding? Well, Baylor fans had the same attitude. <sighs> Where's Art Browse now? Did he just get fired from that high school job? Um, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Do you think those that get let go from a scandal like this can catch back on in college football? No. Not not if not if what is out there is generally accepted to be the truth. I think that, you know, over the last better part of 10 years as our awareness of how widespread this is, and I'm not talking about just in sports, but I'm just talking about in society in general. Mm-hmm. I think that we have not become anesthetized to it. Uh, I think that more and more people are disgusted by it and that more and more people are demanding that that the folks that are involved in stuff like this 
be expunged from college athletics. And so I, you know, it's, it's one thing, you know, Greg McDermott made a comment, the coach at Wichita state about a plantation or something. And, and he was put on leave and now he's been reinstated. Okay. I don't know. There, there is some quote PC unquote stuff that I think there's some backlash on. I don't think sexual assault is one of them. Greg McDermott's at Creighton, right? Yes. Now, Greg Marshall. Greg Marshall. Things which, that came out about people how he named, coached at People Wichita named State. Greg. No. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Greg McDermott. <laughs> I should have realized he was at Creighton. His son hit a three-pointer, just was a dagger. Last time the Cajuns were in the tournament. Yeah. How did you feel about Cajun hoops this season mm-hmm. on the men's side? Um, You know, I, I think overall I had a good feeling about it. Um, you know, I, I think that the team went out and did a lot of good things this year. I think that a lot of folks, especially those who, who are maybe a little bit of a detractor when it comes to Bob Marlin and the program, didn't understand or didn't care about the impact of losing Bray and AU and what it meant because they were, they were riding pretty good. I mean, they were, they were right there near the top of the West and then they lost three in a row. As soon as AU went down, now they came back and won three in a row. But, um, you know, I, I, I think that there's an impact there that a lot of folks didn't realize. Uh, but, but I thought, you know, especially when AU was healthy, they were having a pretty good year. For those that think tournament or bust. Well, if, you know, AU, if AU hadn't got hurt, but they, whether he did, whether he didn't, if they had won last night, is does that only stop the detractors for another until next year or does like you know for some of them it doesn't even stop them then okay look it, haters gonna hate okay that, that, that's just the way it is in college athletics and there 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 are people out there who don't like Bob Marlin okay they they exist and so those people weren't going to be yeah you know you know what Look, I have I, I don't mind criticism, okay? I, I hate it when it's not fair. And 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 here's here's a here's my point. They won twenty seven games three years ago. And with a couple of people injured, got upset in the semifinals of the conference tournament. There are fans that don't even recognize that they won a championship. Don't even recognize it. Is this a is this a is this a mentality? for a lot of fans of G5 schools in college basketball because of the setup of college basketball and what defines you turn on the TV in March Madness and it's like this is what it's all about you have everybody talking about sure, it sure sure you know and and I mean what know, happened at UTA right exactly uh and and oh how much um how much vindication did Scott Cross get when Troy jumped up and beat UTA in the first round of the tournament how, how satisfying was that now? But, you know, you're right because, you know, I remember back, you know, earlier in his tenure, coach Marlin made a very true statement that pissed off a lot of fans. He said, at the end of the day, it's all about three days in March. And he was absolutely right. 
but nobody wanted to hear that. Oh, well, then why should I buy season tickets if the regular season doesn't mean anything? He was heavily criticized for making the comment, and I get it, okay? I get that. But he was right, and the fans proved that he was right when they won 27 games and then didn't win the tournament, and people refused to even acknowledge that they won a championship. Look, all I know is I got two rings, okay? We, we had this debate 10 years ago, and you were not on my side that day. We were, we were on opposite sides. But I remember saying the setup of college basketball puts such a big damper on the regular season for a lot of schools. I said you have fans that are fans of their school. You have, I think, a small group of hardcore college basketball fans. I don't think it's as wide as maybe some think it is. And then you've just got so many casual fans where it's just about March Madness. Mm-hmm. And – you said, well, look, the Missouri Valley Conference, and you, you, this was now this was 10 years ago. You said, look at the attendance at these other places, and you had a point, but I almost feel like just here in 2021, it is, I feel like it's only grown in terms of the emphasis on, like you said, it's about winning a couple of days in March more than anything else, and it, you, you see it not just among some of the fans with the Cajuns, but you just see it across college basketball, honestly. You you do, but especially in the Deep South. And, and and I've been saying for years, basketball in the Deep South is dead, and it's been dead for quite some time. You know, there are there are teams that play um, in the SoCon, in the Sun Belt, uh, in, in some other leagues. Southland. And, well, yeah, I don't know that I'm going to include the Southland because that's very much a little major league. Um, the OVC, you know, when you start looking at Belmont and, and Lipscomb and schools like that, there are some very good teams that if they played in the Missouri Valley or, or leagues like that would have great attendance. Um, conversely, there's a team like Loyola of Chicago that if they were located in Pensacola, <laughs> nobody would have paid any attention to them. I mean, that's just the way it is now. And and it pains me living in the Deep South and loving college basketball the way I do. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not coaching that took us from 10,000 fans in the Cajun Dome to 2,500. It's the apathy about college basketball and the fact that you can turn on the TV now and you can watch college basketball every night of the week. And you don't have to support your local team. But does anyone even do that? Does anyone turn it on and watch it every day of the week? Well, I don't know about every day of the week, okay? I, you know, look, I, I just do. feel like a lot look, of it is— I have some fans. If you're a college basketball fan— Yeah, I, I like we said, you've got the, the fans of schools, fan, but they're just— I, In my opinion, I think the, ca- the, the casual college basketball fan is less interested in the sport now than they were 10 years ago. But you're probably right. Now, they'll be really interested here. In about a week. Yes. Yeah. They'll be really interested, and they're going to look at a bracket, uh, you know, in six days and say, ooh, I don't know anything about this school, but I'll be rooting for them because yay March. They couldn't even name a player on it, and they're going to decide that they're just going to go for it, and they're going to tell all their friends, and their friends, oh, that's cool, yeah, that's fun. And then when the tournament ends, they'll just move on to something else. They they will. They, you know, it, I remember when I was a kid that – there were people who got into the World Series because it was in the World Series, and 
and they couldn't tell you anything about the regular season, yeah, but sure. they watch. But they watched every World Series game. Yeah, they didn't watch anything during the game. Just and, and it's that way now. But I want to go back to this three days in March thing. Are we going to sit here and diminish what Gary Broadhead's team just accomplished? No way. Of course not. No way. Of course not. You know, they didn't win the tournament. They're going to hang a banner in the um, in the Cajun Dome that says champions. It's going to be the first ever banner at the Cajun Dome that says champions that refers to women's basketball. 15 in a row. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just... I was so disappointed yesterday that they didn't win. And at the same time, look, just when when the starting lineup was getting introduced, I, I had the frissons because it was a championship game and they were they were there. And not only were they there, but they were they were supposed to be there. And I I, I just think that they just had a hell of a year and I'm uh I'm so very excited for them. You know, I think that trip that I took to Jonesboro and Little Rock where I got on the bus with the women's team, you know, to hear them, you know, in the back of the bus singing and, you know, and, and a couple of them sing pretty good uh, and and just having a great time and celebrating team and celebrating wins. I said, I said you know, listen to this bunch. They're, they're having the time of their lives. And I, um, I feel I feel for the four seniors uh, on the team that they. But the good news is their careers aren't over with yet, because they're going to get to play in the WNIT, uh, and so they've got more basketball ahead of them. I hate that they didn't win yesterday. Uh, I knew that a lot of things all their way if they were going to win because Troy's pretty good, but um, but that doesn't diminish the fact that. They had the best record in the Sun Belt Conference in the regular season. So why are why are some in the fan base giving credit to one side and not giving credit to the other for an accomplishment a few years ago? I think that um, history probably has a you know you've got folks that have been around that that have followed college basketball here for a long time, and they can talk about the I don't know the ten or so NCAA tournaments that the Cajuns have played in. Um, a lot of people don't even remember that 13 years ago, the Cajuns women program got, got an 11 seed in that large bid to the tournament. A lot of folks don't even remember that. They say, what? Wait, no, that, no, that didn't happen. It was, they didn't, they didn't fare well, but they got there and that right. was the win. History. You know? Um, oh, I remember you, you were like, they can't do it. They're not going to do it. I hope they do. And then you're hosting the coaches show at Pete's and coach robes with you. And you're in the middle of a sentence and he nudges you on the elbow and you're like, well, uh, are you going to put out on the, oh, my God, that's what you did on <laughs> yeah. the air. <laughs> yeah. He looked up at the screen and saw it. That was funny. I remember ESPN 1420. All right, let's take a quick phone call. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. Good morning. Hello. Good morning, gentlemen. How you guys doing? Good. Again, it's good to hear you together. And, uh, Jay, I'm like you. I'm, re- I'm getting ready to go get my second vaccination. And look out, we're all here. I'll come after that, okay? There you go. Uh, <laughs> Uh, real quick, I normally don't watch a selection show of the women uh, NCAA tournament, but I am really curious, and being what I do by for a living, I want to take note 
of the sub-500 teams that get in. I don't care what conference they play in. I want to get note that the teams that get in that have a 500 or plus or minus one or two games that played less games than our Lady Cajuns, okay? And if there ever was a team, here we go, every year somebody cries for that team, 15-game winning streak or 16, Jay, correct me, Mm -hmm. to end the season. Mm Mm-hmm. Regular season conference, I'm preaching to the choir. Regular season champion and losing in the finals to a real good Troy team that somebody doesn't want to play Troy if they're hitting their shots, okay? Uh, I'm anxious to see the bracket and selection show of the women because these ladies deserve it, period. Now, they won't be the first team that's snubbed, but uh, that's my 25 cents, guys, and it's good to hear your voices together. Appreciate it, Jones. Thank you. Bye, guys. Their RPI is 134. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's not going to happen. I think it's 139 now. Um, Coach Broadhead, like, they, they know. I mean, he said it yesterday when we, we at the Sunbelt Conference, we're not, we have to direct message a moderator to ask questions. We can't ask them directly. Um, I did want to get Gary's thoughts on some officiating stuff. They did not ask him that question for me. Amazing. But, um, he said, look, I would love to start a trend of us. I, mean, I think we deserve it. Uh, but he said, you know, the way the conference is set up right now, and he pointed to the history in 13 years ago and, and where Middle Tennessee was ranked. I mean, they they, they know. And, um, you know, uh, he said, I would love it. I think we deserve it. But I also, if you read between the lines, I mean, it's, it's the WNIT, guys. Yes, it is. And that's, and, that's what it is. And, you know, if you want to see, look, there was a time – uh, when Rick Insel was at, at Middle Tennessee, and they had some awfully good teams, um, and went to the NCAA tournament and won. And Little Rock, you know, a few years ago, went to the NCAA tournament and won. But they did it by playing a great out-of-conference schedule and beating some of those teams. And I remember a year when Middle Tennessee was the champion. Western Kentucky was the runner-up. Western Kentucky's RPI was 16 and they didn't get in. Didn't get 16 and didn't get in. Well, strength of schedule. Well, wait a minute. How do you get an RPI of 16 without a strength of schedule? It it, it was just it was just stupid. Do you think the 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 farther separation of G5s and P5s in terms of the tournament and all this other stuff has hurt the college basketball regular season at all, or is this more of just, look, the the, the folks are going to watch the March no matter what. Those fan bases are going to be upset, but this isn't the cause of less countrywide interest in college basketball prior to March. No, I you know I, I don't know that the two of them are related. Um, it, but it's you know, what do we love about March Madness? We love about 12s beating 5s and 13s beating 4s and 14s beating 3s. And that's going to always exist as long as they stay with every conference getting an auto bid. You're still going to see it in every tournament. You're going to see somebody jump up and bite somebody. Because the committee is going to undervalue them. They're going to underseed them. And then they're going to go out and 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 prove that they belong. That's not going to change as long as the criteria doesn't change. Now, 
it's my understanding. I didn't even know this. Somebody told me this the other day that in the men's NIT that they they're doing away with this. If you win your conference, but you don't win the tournament, you get an automatic NIT bid. They're doing away with that. When? I, I don't know if it's this year or next year. Now the women still have it. Okay. But you know, they, they, they are continuing to systematically squeeze out teams that aren't in the top 10 conferences. And, and that's going to continue. I'll tell you something else, too. Start watching baseball the next few years. Because you would see... The Sun Belt get three or four. Conference USA get a couple of three. The American, you know, is still getting multiple bids. But that was happening because the Big Ten was a one-bid league. Now they're getting five and six teams. Okay, so this this attitude of, oh, well, you know, we finish in the top two of our league. We're going to get an at-large. Uh, not necessarily. At-large bids for teams not in Power Five conferences – in college baseball are going to be fewer and far between as we continue. ESPN1420.com. From college to high school, I, I don't know where it is, but um, STM, STM coach Danny Broussard said he left us a love note somewhere in the studio. Really? He said, on the board by the coffee. We don't have coffee in here. We're gonna have to look for him. Is he is he doing like a little scavenger hunt for us? He might be. I think he's trying to make us busy so we don't do terrible two and Tuesday. <laughs> hey, um, I'm glad he texted. Uh, Danny's gonna be on the show tomorrow morning. His Cougars, who have won, I think 24 straight, are uh, are playing Liberty Magnet tomorrow in the semifinals at the Cajun Dome of the uh, the state tournament. So maybe he just wanted me to remind everybody of that. Job well done. By the way, uh, we'll air that game for you tomorrow night on Talk Radio 960. Good luck, Danny. Let's take one more phone call before we get to TTT. Welcome in to the Great Scott Show. Good morning. Morning, guys. How y'all doing? Good. Okay. Jay, my understanding on the NIT, uh, not inviting the regular season conference champions teams is that that's a one year only thing and it's only this year because of COVID. Yeah, they're only taking um, sixteen teams and they're all gonna be at large teams, yeah. Yeah. So hopefully that comes uh goes back to normal next season. Whereas if you win your conference uh, turn, tournament you can turn what I would like to see the NIT do then is if you win your uh if you're an at large team excuse me, if you're a conference champion against them there you're guaranteed a home game in the first game. That won't happen but maybe they could actually if you win your first game, you're guaranteed a second-round game, something like that. That would make this uh, regular season a little more important. In uh, regards to college uh, baseball, you talked about the number of uh, automatic bids to the uh, bigger schools that continue to grow, I mean, at large bids. What's the latest on the season starting later? In some ways, I have mixed emotions about that. I think uh, if it starts later, it will be good for the sport nationally. And personally, I don't like going to baseball. It's cold. I go to more games when basketball ends. In England, but that will probably also hurt the uh, Southern conferences like the Sun Belt, Conference USA, whatever, getting bids because it'll make the sport more popular up north. Uh, what's the latest on the season uh, starting later? And you agree that would even hurt hurt the Southern schools more? Well, 
I, I think it kind of got put in the back burner because of COVID. You know, originally I thought it was going to start next year. Now I think it may be another year after that. But I'm just here to tell you it's going to happen, okay? I, I, 2023, like what, what's the date? Mid-March, something like March 15th or something like that? Well, they're, they're, yeah, what they're talking about is the 15th of March, yes, uh, pushing it back a month. Um, and, you know, it's interesting because most of the coaches around America, and I'm not just talking about northern schools, most of the coaches around America think this is a good idea, and that's why I think it's going to happen. But, again, I think it got put on the back burner because of COVID. It's going to move to the front burner eventually, how fast I can't tell you. Um, it's not because originally we thought this was going to happen in 2022. I don't think it's going to. I think it's going to be pushed back a little bit more. But it's going to happen, and you know, yeah. re, you know, it. We'll find out if it hurts Southern schools even more. But you know, the reality of the situation is whether we think that or not, it's going to happen. I've heard some ADC. Our basketball coaches love it because they think it'll just in the South it'll uh, you know continue it'll help their attendance in the late season when people start going to baseball again. Well, yeah. you know, I think I that know. I think I don't that's, know if that's true or not. Well, no, I, I think I will also. say I will say this. I think that's true for schools that have dynamic baseball programs. You know, Little Rock is still only going to draw a hundred people to a game. All right, I I I think 100. that. I think that the basketball coaches um, at schools and, you know, whether it's Southern Miss, whether it's LSU, I mean, you know, if, if LSU is um, is having a great year, they're still going to pack the PMAC. But if they're but if they're OK, look, February comes around. They're not going to they're not going to go watch basketball. Be at the box. They'll be at the box. The teams that have dynamic baseball programs that have great facilities that draw well, those are the ones that um, that the college basketball coaches are talking about. It's not a blanket statement. Yeah, it'll help LSU basketball. <laughs> yeah, uh, getting them there tennis late in, in the year. And my final comment is I agree with you 100% on Brian AU. He's a player, if you just watch the stats, watch him play, the struggles on defense a little bit, maybe shots a little off. But he got the team into the right sets and you know, didn't turn the ball over and got better position as the season went along. His loss was much more significant than people realized. Remember, the team was 13-4 and four and had the lead at Little Rock in, in uh, Arkansas State in the second half before he got hurt and was in the mid-major top 25. His loss was pretty big. I don't know if he can come back from his injury, but I do know this. They need to find a true ready-to-play point guard to make, take the next step. Yep. Hopefully that happens. I'm sure they're looking for one. We'll talk to you later. Thank you, Mike. Speaking of college basketball, shout out Sister Jean because Loyola's back in it. And she'll be, her presence will be somewhere, still kicking at 101 years old. Go get him. Up next, it's terrible. Tunes, Tuesday. ESPN1420.com. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show, sponsored by Suit Up. Listen live player, brought to you by Champagne's Market and the Oil Center. Champagne's going the extra mile. Time for Terrible Tune Tuesday. You've been warned. You went uh, 
first last week, Jay, so I'll I'll take over this week. I have got you, you criticized me for going overseas or finding hits that weren't in America too often. Right. Maybe criticize is too strong of a word. You challenged me to to do it yeah. less. Yeah. So I was like, all right, fine. I'm still going to the nineties though. This song peaked at number eight on the Billboard Hot 100 in the United States. Outside of the United States, it topped the charts in Belgium, Italy, Netherlands, Spain, Switzerland. It was top 10 in eight countries, including Germany, Ireland, the United Kingdom, top 20, and a few others like Australia and France. My point is, it was a worldwide hit. Recorded in 1990, released in... Worldwide smash. smash. Released in 1991. It was a song by an American singer from her debut album, Surprise. This is Gypsy Woman, She's Homeless, by Crystal Waters on Terrible Tune Tuesday.
There you go. You know, in terms of house music and like club music from the early '90s, I get why it was a big hit. I uh-huh. get it. I get that sound. I just, I don't like it. I didn't like it either. I, and and I was not familiar with that song. Worldwide hit. Jay didn't know about it. Nope, didn't know about it. I got two words for you. Uh oh. Tracy Lords. Okay. Now, for the younger listeners out there, that that name may not mean anything. Okay, but for folks your age and older, it means a lot. Shut that's up. not that's not Tracy Lords. No, it's not. Tracy Lords, not gonna belabor it, was a porn star in the early 80s, and it was discovered that she was appearing in porn films at age 15 and 16. That's terrible. And when that was, when that happened, all of her stuff, of course, got got pulled from the shelves. There was a big scandal. Um, so what did she do? She went to acting school. Um, she studied under some very famous people wound up becoming a mainstream actress that actually was a regular on a TV show on NBC, and I can't remember the name of it, um, but has has been in movies and television in legit roles. She kind of reinvented herself. Of course, because her name is Tracy Lords, people are always going to think about her early years. Well, what you may not know is that Tracy Lords was also a recording is also a recording artist. And in 2011, she did a um, she recorded an album and has had several tunes that have charted on the Billboard dance tracks. This song. Made it, um, it's a pop rock song, lyrical content about cravings and temptations that lead one down the wrong path. This song was number four on the Billboard Dance Club Songs chart. So we're going to go back to um, 2011. This is Tracy Lords and Last Dance, I'm sorry, Last Drag. On Terrible Tune Tuesday.
Terrible tune. Tuesday. We're back in one minute. Don't go anywhere. Admit it. You were drooling when he was recording that. When drooling? No, it's not drooling. That's weird, Jay. It's my boy Zion. He just he cut that, that liner for me. All-star starter at 20 years old. Was a little nervous Sunday night. Missed a couple dunks. I didn't bother watching the second half. That was, that was I, bad. I didn't bother watching. That was bad. I didn't even know it was on. Um, Cajun baseball Mm -hmm. before we let you go. Okay. Looks like they'll be uh, starting Austin Perrin tomorrow night. Might see a little bit of Connor Cook against Mississippi State. How do you feel about this matchup with the Bulldogs and then a weekend series at Southern Miss? Well, Bulldogs are good, okay? I'm just just telling you. Bulldogs are good. Um, I, you know, I think over the next 12 games we're going to find out a lot about this baseball team because you've got the game at Mississippi State, then you got three at Southern Miss, and they've got two elite starting pitchers at Southern Miss. Then you got four with TCU, then you got four with Coastal Carolina. So we're about to find out about this team, I think. Um, you know, this is uh, – it's the fact that it's a road series this weekend and that it's a road game this week. Um, I'm I'm curious that's that's how I feel about this week. I'm curious. I I, I want to see how the Cajun pitching that I think is very good matches up against two very good ball clubs, and yeah. and 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 I want to see, you know, if this Cajun offense is going to get a little more weathered by facing some elite arms, and they are going to face elite arms. Sounds like you're you're almost using this week as a barometer, kind of. Well, and, and I think I think it is a barometer of sorts. I think the next 12 games are a barometer of sorts. Um, you know, this is a chance to build your resume. If you can go out and have a certain amount of success, 
of the 12 games, you don't have to go out and win eight of them, you know, but but every win that you get is going to strengthen your resume a little bit. And it is going to be a bit of a barometer. Now, you still got more than half the season to go, even after these 12 games. And so what happens the second half is not going to necessarily be indicative of what we see the next 12 games. But, you know, I, I, I think that I think we're going to find out a little bit more about this team over the next 12 games. Tomorrow night in Starkville, 5.30 pregame, 6 o'clock first pitch, Jay and Garland, Chico Rodriguez. That's right. Chico's going to hang out with me. We're going to find out about the history of Section A during the game. He'll have some fun with that. Guys, it's a fact of life. Everyone needs insurance. And when it comes to looking for an insurance agent, there's none better than Acadia and his own Scott Viator. Viator can serve you with home, auto, and life insurance. I can personally say that I sleep better at night knowing he's got me and my family taken care of. Being prepared for the unexpected isn't hard when you've got reliable insurance from a caring agent. Call Viator at Lafayette Paris Farm Bureau today for a free quote at 337-234-9994. 